Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's back. We, we we got off track for th- there for a little bit, but it appears to be back. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in to the PHNX Coyotes postgame show, brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah, here with Petey. Craig will be calling in from Mullet Arena shortly. Petey, 6-2 loss feels like the early days. I, yeah, I, I, Nicholas said it, the tennis scores are back. That, that yeah. first week, 6-2, six, 6-3, six, six, Um This one got away kind of early, I think. I mean, the score, they they were just converting on their offensive opportunities. The Coyotes couldn't convert early, and then they turned too many pucks over, and then this one was gone. Yeah. You look at how this first period ended. It was only 2-1 to one at the end of the first period. You could feel the momentum really slipping in favor of Nashville this entire game. And Coyotes never really felt like they were getting their offensive game going. They had some nice passing plays. They just didn't get shots on net. Yeah, no, they didn't. <laughs> the sides are already <laughs> yeah. in. They're, full, they're in full force. <sighs> Buckle up, everyone, um, for the size. But, yeah, it felt like the Coyotes kind of came out of this one, came out of the gate buzzing. Getting a shorthanded goal is, you know, great boost, great for morale. Um, and then it was kind of downhill from there. It felt like the Coyotes just couldn't capitalize on their chances like you said and Nashville just could um there were multiple goals that they scored that went in on the second chance of the shot um they obviously capitalized on their power play which the Coyotes you know didn't have as much luck tonight with um for all the power plays they were given which we'll get to all of that shortly but it just I don't know it felt kind of if this game was a graph it was one that was a downward line. Yeah, yeah, we talked about them having this is the, the longest break they've had in a while since the All Star break. I mean, they had a lot of days between games they haven't played since last Wednesday, and you go, okay, they're going to come in well rested. The problem with that is with rest, you get a little rust too. And I thought that showed. I didn't think they made quick puck decisions. I think you can see that in that Soderstrom goal, the first goal that the Coyotes gave up. He makes a quick outlet pass to Cassian. They're out of the zone to live another day. But he waits and waits and waits, looks for another play, flips it to center ice, and it ends up being in the back of the net from a from a from just a little flip play through the neutral zone, and then he doesn't defend on the way back. So then they get a turnover in the offensive zone, Prof. J.J. Moser stick. It's just like they didn't execute on those, and then now you're behind. And those both those two plays, they had the puck on their stick, just make a bad play. It's and even Schmaltz to to Mosier drive in the middle there. It's not a bad play. It's just not executed. Yeah, you don't execute. Now you've got an odd man rush going back the other way. So it's those little things that I think your timing gets a little off when you're not in games. That that game intensity just didn't seem like it was there for the Coyotes throughout the 60 minutes of this one. If they could have capitalized on the power play, we might be talking differently. But. But they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. So I think we should get into the numbers from this one because it paints a pretty good picture. Um, obviously, the final score being the main one. But out, Coyotes outshot 34 to 28. They actually kind of held their own. And as far as shots on net, doesn't necessarily mean scoring opportunities um, in that sense. But in a rare occurrence for this Coyotes team holding their own in shots. But really, this the big difference maker was the power plays, the special teams, Nashville two for three on their power play, the Coyotes 0 for five. So they got their chances. They just couldn't capitalize. We can talk more about their power play in a second and their penalty kill, obviously. Special teams just 
really didn't answer the bell. And, and with this team, it usually the the shots on goal usually tell a story, and it's usually they're getting out shot fifty to twenty, and the goalie stands and on his head, yeah. and they they hang on and get a point. Tonight, you're, to your point, after one period, the shots were were twelve to ten Nashville, but they were even all the way all throughout the way this through. Game. There were many times I looked up and it was even. Yeah, so I, I, this is one that you felt the Coyotes might have been able to get into um but the power plays and you talk about the power plays for nashville it's roman yossi and his ability to quarterback that power play from the top uh, on the first one it's his it's actual shot that goes in but the puck movement on that second one his ability to hold the blue line and then distribute the puck around um your roman yossi is still absolutely elite yeah. when it comes to puck control puck pressure offensive zone time um his ability to defend he's still got a good stick he does so many of those little things right he was the difference in the game because he was the difference on the power play. The Coyotes' power play, and, and I maybe we're wrong, so if someone was at Mullet, maybe they can help us with this because we were watching in the third period, and they passed around the perimeter, Schmaltz to Valimaki to, to Keller, three or four times, and I swear we were hearing people yell, shoot. If, if you were yelling, shoot, let us know in the chat because we really did hear it. Um, I think the shoot the shoot brigade. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. A better name the mullet shoot brigade. I don't mind that. Yeah, why not? Well, we 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 thought we were hearing shoot from the building because they didn't. They didn't, and they've got. When you're looking at Schmaltz and Keller both on the flanks on the power play, so that means on the top of the circles on either side, they both have very very good shots. I know you want to make another pass where it's a tap in, but at some point you got to deliver the puck to the net. When you look at what what happened on the other side of the puck when Nashville scores, Yossi just shoots. The goalie didn't see it because there's three or four bodies in front of the in front of the net on their second power uh, play goal by Glass. Again, it's just a shot, shot off the flank. You just shoot the puck. And I felt that Keller and Schmaltz both had several opportunities to get the puck to the net. I thought Bukestad did um, and just missed one wide off the post. Um, so I think, again, on the power play, they've got to deliver more pucks to the yeah. net on the power and play. And it just feels like they get deflated so early because the Nashville would clear the zone and then say, oh, okay, they have to go back and get the puck. And then it's just hard to have any sort of pressure or momentum. Or they would take a penalty on the power play and then it would be four on four. So they'd only had had the, you know, 40 seconds of power play time and before that was squandered. So it just, yeah, I don't know what it was about this game that felt kind of and then you know Connor Ingram he's been so phenomenal and it's he didn't have like a horrible night per se but obviously he didn't have a great night it felt like a couple of those shots one of them like bounced off of him into the back that there were just it just seemed like a couple of them went on like in after that second moment if he had just kind of bear down a little more. I don't know what it is because he's been so phenomenal. We've been singing his praises um, for a while with Connor Ingram. But yeah, he's, he didn't have his, you know, 47 save shutout night no. that, he, that we've kind of seen with him. And, he, and he's been years. that player for the last six weeks where he's been elite. This reminded me a little bit more of his early starts where he was, it wasn't bad. But we're not saying he played poorly tonight. It's just those ones, ones off a rebound that say lays in front ends up becoming a goal um the one duchene shoots off his back and goes in it was just almost bad luck puck luck for him he just wasn't quite as sharp as he's yeah. been over the last few but one of the things that happens and i don't know if this is true or not but you look and you look on the calendar and who drafted ingram well the nashville predators and who do you play for nashville he knew all those guys and there's something there's tampa something to that him, but, but tampa he, drafted but him he, but he was on say sorry yeah. connor i know you're listening on the way home um <laughs> But but he he was in the organization and that's where he came from before he came here. So he knows all the players, knows all the shooters, and you think sometimes that's an advantage. But we saw it here with Darcy Kemper. Darcy Kemper wouldn't get the starts against the Minnesota Wild. They didn't want him to play against the Minnesota Wild because he had a hard time. And for him, it was more he didn't play poorly. He got too emotionally invested in the game and I didn't he ended even, up. I didn't even think about that connection today. Oh really? I did. Last week when I saw, saw that it? when they said they were going to the matchup for the these two games, but it didn't cross through my head. Today. And so that's so, part of it. So now if he has to play them again, I I would probably go with veggie with veggie yeah. against them next time. And you just find out those teams that you, you compete against, especially your old teams. There's some guys that are just fire against their old team. Like you've got to get them out there and yeah. Keller in his hometown and, oh, yeah. and those kind of things. But I, I, Ingram, just it's harder mentally. Those guys all know him. He knows all them. He knows their tendencies. They know his. 
and, and maybe that played a little bit into it tonight. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, just kind of one of those nights that as far as the game on the ice, maybe not so great. As far as the implications for the tank, maybe a little better, which I want to talk about in a second. But before we do, I just want to talk about the few positives from sure. this game on the ice. I already mentioned Shane Gostaspare's shorthanded goal, um, short side, unbelievable pass from Schmaltz Hayden on the other assist as well, his 10th goal of the season and his 300th career point. So very special way yep. to get a 300th career point. Shane Gosper, who, you know, as we're in the week of the NHL trade deadline, a name that has very much been discussed. So. Yeah, well, I thought you were going to... No, I was kind of teeing you teeing up, up to, to, to comment on Shane How good he is? Yeah, or but that, the one or thing that about play. is, but, so the play, the play and his speed, and we know about his offensive ability. But one of the things that's funny, Leah, is since he's come back from his injury, he's not the guy on the power play. I know, because even that, Sean said, "Oh, is he not yeah. in the lineup?" Yeah, because he wasn't on that first unit. But Yusuf Alamaki took that role when both um, Chikrin and Gossespierre left the lineup, and he continues to be the top of the power play right now. And I don't know if that's something after going zero for five that you can look to change when they play against Chicago on Tuesday. I would probably look for there to be a change in the power play unit, and Gosh Spare is probably the most likely to draw back in there because you're right. He's been, when this team is buzzing on the power play, it starts with him at the top. So I would expect him to be back in the lineup on the top. But Valimaki's been great up there. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's again, he's over 23 minutes again tonight. He's plus one. He doesn't, not on the ice for any of the goals against. I saw it in the chat early about Valimaki. He's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. And with, with Gosh Spare, this new opportunity yes. for more time. And yeah. but now what happens at the trade deadline? If bodies leave, Valamaki's going to be here. So I think the future's still good at these young D. But again, having Gossespierre have success on the offense, I think he's really going to have to get shifted over onto that power play unit when you look to see the games they've got three and three and five nights coming up this week. Yeah, absolutely. But because of this achievement, the shorthanded goal, the three hundred career points and a tenth of the season, and possibly his last week with the Coyotes. All of these things factored in our decision to crown Shane Gossespierre as tonight's DraftKings king of the game, as Sean coined him, Shane the Friendly Ghost. I love that. Every every night it's a surprise what Sean's going to name yeah. the, the king. I like it. Um, yeah, 300 career point for Ghost. So congrats to Shane Gossespierre on being crowned DraftKings king of the game. And I want to read a couple of super chats we got as well. The first from Tyler, because it has to do with king of the game because tyler suggested the mites on ice for king of the game which you know what they can yes, get honor honorable mention for the mites on the ice for king of the game i love that by the thank way. you tyler for your super chat then we got a ten dollar super chat from our friend altex thank you altex said today's been a roller coaster for me i'm sick hoping to quickly recover feel better altex barbashev got traded from st louis to vegas so i'm devastated about that but at least cassian is back and won a face off tonight you know what i love the positivity and he drew a penalty tonight yeah he did he was trying to draw blood but his skin's so thick he he didn't (laughs) exactly sorry altex Um, feel better yeah feel better well wishes from us here um other bright spot tonight pd was nick schmaltz who continues to be productive at this point schmaltz from keller or keller from schmaltz is just about a given on any given night. Um, his 17th of the season, he's kind of sneakily quiet. Not, I don't want to say quietly because we've been talking yeah. about his production, but all of a sudden he's right there in the mix with Keller and Kraus for right around that 20-goal-ish mark, 17 goals this season. Again, it's, it's a couple reasons. You look at the chemistry between he and Keller on the power play, uh, they're phenomenal. Again, they both have to shoot. And you know on a rush when you see the two of them on a two-on-one rush, they're going to pass because they always want to give the pass to the other guy. They need to start shooting more. But you're right, his shot, and you could see it on the, on his goal tonight, that's a really good shot. I mean, that's not tipped, it's not screened, it's a, it's a pass across in the slot. He's, like you said, he's quietly become among the goal leaders after missing so many games at the start of the season. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this. Because I've been adamant that he's not going to be a guy that's looking to get traded at this trade deadline. And it's funny, but we talked about the contracts of both Schmaltz and Keller at one point that they're untradeable contracts. Their production and offensive upside has now passed that. And it's now crazy. he's got two more years. He has term, which is what he's looking for. 
Yeah, so never say never. It's it's crazy, and and you know Elliot Friedman had reported it last week. Craig confirmed it. Um, Craig gave a little update on Friday on our YouTube channel. If you missed that, but it, it's crazy to think like we've been sitting here. It's mm-hmm. been chickering, chickering, chickering. Ghost, nope. ghost, ghost. Bugstad. Like those are the three. And now Schmaltz is like all of a sudden came out of nowhere. And we'll talk a little bit more about this with Craig when he gets here. But I mean, 17 goals. is Yeah. And you look at how he's competing with both Kraus and Keller for the goal scoring lead here. And this team is a team coming into the season. Your the concern was where were they going to get their offense from? It's been a concern over the last several years. Keller, we knew what he did a year ago. He seems to be on track to do the same thing this year. Kraus has surpassed what his expectations were, definitely. Uh, maybe not for himself, but what we thought coming into the year. And the concern with Schmaltz was always going to be, can he stay healthy? If he can stay healthy, he can put up these kind of numbers because his skill level, his speed, his shot, his, his ability to play in the offensive zone is all there. Like his upside is elite offensively. Mm-hmm. He just can't seem to stay healthy enough. Yeah. So if he can stay healthy through the end of the year, if he remains a coyote, those numbers are going to put him in the top three in goal scoring, yeah. like for sure, or in yeah. this team for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So at this point, it's pretty much a given. Schmaltz, Keller, over half a point. Um, if you have faith in the Coyotes' power play, maybe you want to do a power play point. Lots of ways you can win money on DraftKings. Petey had a document open yes. tonight with all of his bets on it that he was tracking, and then he would highlight them in green if they hit and highlight them in red if they didn't. Yes. Um, you, you had an okay night. An okay night, and as part of it's my fault because I don't read the fine print. I had thought I took Barrett Hayton anytime points over 0. 0.5. It was power play points over 0. 0.5. She yeah. ends up with two points. That's a bummer it that you bummer. didn't so read that correctly. I, I, I missed those mine. Yeah. So that's on me. Yeah, but that's okay. But I you made your money. You, yeah, you, I think you broke couple. even. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Fine. And it's fun. It, it fun. didn't make it fun for it made you. It very fun. It really did. Um, so it, it's a fun thing to do for sure. Check out the, the DraftKings Sportsbook app if you haven't already. Use code PHNX when you sign up. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I'm curious if anyone went to the Beer Can, beer can derby, derby yesterday at 4 p.m. I don't know who had the fastest beer can. If anybody know. here in the chat attended that please let us know i would i was their video of the fastest beer can i I need to know i was moving all weekend so i was very out of touch from reality um except for i I saw kenny acknowledge the fact that i'm on capybara tiktok for whatever reason um just a few tweets here and there but i've been very out of it so i need to know um but there's more events coming up that involve Four Peaks. Um, Four Peaks will be out at the M3F Festival March 3rd and 4th, which is coming up very soon. It's a really, really fun festival. You can grab your tickets at m3ffest.com and enjoy a wow wheat beer while you're there. As always, there's no better beer to drink outside under the sun. So check that out for sure. And you must be 21 or older to enjoy and enjoy it responsibly as always. PD, Troy Stetcher, <laughs> you had him on walking and talking this week. By the way, if you haven't checked it out or if you only saw the Twitter two-minute version, yeah. go on YouTube. There's a 10-minute interview, interview with Troy Stetcher. You get into his fashion. Yep. You get into you know his, how, dog. his dog, how he ended up in Arizona. Yep. It's a phenomenal interview on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Check it out. But there's, you know, this thing among players on walking and talking. I know. Who they get a bump, but it's always a little delayed. So delayed we saw bump. some Twitter. Oh, I'm gonna put money on Troy yep. Stetcher. Just wait a little. But he Tuesday, Wednesday, had, but he had his chance. He tonight. had a chance tonight. God, it was like such a nifty spinorama. Move. It was unreal. It's like, is that who? Yeah. Spinorama David? goes to the net just Nick, about over Nick the reverse beach. Unreal. So. Mario Stetcher, almost. Yeah, Mario Stetcher, <clears throat> um, but definitely go check out that interview because he talks about his drip. It's phenomenal. And I, yeah. it, it's not in the Twitter part. You got it if you wanted to see how he dresses so well, where it comes from, and who inspires them. With you know, is it is that his mom helps dress him? You'll have to tune You'll into have the to YouTube. You'll have to tune in to find out. Um, unreal. This is you know, this is and, the UN cover. And we got crashed. How many times have we crashed on that interview? At, at least three or four. Like people, there's a lot of guests. Goal, goalie coach Corey Schwab was throwing rocks at us <laughs> during the interview. The the golf cart that that takes the players back and forth between the practice facility and their change room that almost hit us intentionally. 
with Nick Bukestead aboard from Minnesota. So if you haven't watched it, it's actually pretty funny. Yep. So good. But that's the kind of, you know, yes. hard hitting journalism you get from PDI practice. But from Craig, you get yeah, you a get little actually, bit more. Yeah. Um, and I think Craig we, actually is there for news. I'm there to find out what the, how the, the guy watches his dog in the rain. <laughs> Craig. But, by the way, Craig, he has a raincoat for his dog, in case you were wondering. He does. <laughs> That's awesome. I like him even more. Dog. <laughs> That's great. Good stuff. Good stuff. Craig, welcome. That kind of was a bit of a letdown game, I guess. It depends on how you look at it. Well, but from the team perspective, I guess. Yeah, it's it's interesting. We were talking to Shane Goss's bear in the locker room and asked uh, Andre Turney about. It. I saw Nick Butes that in the hall. It's a tough week on the guys. It's a really tough week. I I know this gets overused a lot. You hear, oh, it's, it's a great room. It's a great group of guys. I mean, there is just heartfelt words behind it when these guys are talking about this year's room in particular being a really great group of guys. They really like being around each other, and they know. They know that at least a couple of these guys are going to be gone shortly. So it's not only is it tough on the families to plan for this this uh, upheaval that is about to come. Shane Gossespierre's never been through this before. The other time he moved was in the summer. But it's just tough when you make some relationships like this. You get close with a lot of guys, and this room seemed to manage to do it very quickly, which is part of the reason we saw this team, I think, exceed expectations this year. And I know, Craig, it's funny you brought that up because we don't talk about it enough. We've got trade deadline we're talking about all, you know, a lot this week. But you look at a player getting up tomorrow. He, like Shane Gosper, doesn't know if, oh, I might go be working and living in New York City. I might be in Edmonton. I might be in Columbus. I might be in California. Like, how do you not get up in the morning and know where you're going to live by the end of the day? How, how would that do for you? Like, I'd go out of my mind. I'm anxious awaiting trades for me and I like live here full time. Yeah. I'm just checking I've been home. a little anxious. Like yeah. I can't even imagine how they feel. Yeah. So we forget the human side sometimes. We talk about it so easily as it's trading player cards and sometimes we forget the people. So I'm glad you mentioned that, Craig. Yeah, and you hear the the cliches too about oh, you just you just block it out and you focus on the game. Ghost is like, No, it's it's there. You're all aware of it. And I saw Nick Bukestad walking in the hallway and saying the same thing. It's it's really tough on these guys. Nick Bukestad actually said, You got any info for me? You know where I'm going? <laughs> just I mean it's just it's unreal what these guys are dealing with right now. And it's, yes, like you said, Petey, the human side. Yeah, they're professional athletes. Yeah, this is a part of the game that doesn't make it any easier. Well, what, did you tell Nick we've got to get him to either Colorado or CHGO, Chicago, so I can maybe move along? You can get cover? you can trade yourself. We'll like propose a trade, a yeah. trade to, with him. For Rudo? Pretty, for sure, Rudo? pretty sure he's not going to Chicago. Do we really want to send him to Denver and Rudo? Mm-hmm. I mean, no. you might have to do a, have to do a show in a bathtub. See, maybe I can get traded for Rudo, too. <laughs> Rudo, Rudo and Nick Bukestad from the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> that just, that just went, that went south. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Oh, boy. Oh, man. And, Craig, we just got done talking about the fact that Nick Schmaltz has now emerged kind of as an, a new name thrown into the mix. Um, it was funny to see both him and Ghost get on the score sheet tonight as two guys who were, you know, being yeah. asked about, I'm sure. Does it feel like or have you heard anything? Is there anything imminent? Like, should Coyotes fans be sleeping with one eye open? Or is this kind of maybe going to be more toward the end of the week? I, I I just feel, and, and of course this can change with a phone call, so you can't be certain, but right now it doesn't feel like anything is imminent. That said, I mean, these guys are like, Shane Goss's bear is basically telling people, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be here at the end of the week. So, Man, I, mean, I can't even, have a sense could you imagine yeah. in, just within our office? Yeah, like, oh, we're not going to be here next week. Like okay. I, I, dude, I, I can't, I can't even imagine it. And you, you talk about how this, you don't know, and we, 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 to Craig's point, there is nothing imminent, meaning the people he's talked to and his sources are telling him nothing is imminent, but it literally is one phone call because you've seen how these dominoes are starting to fall. Timo Meyer going at the Timo Meyer is one of the big pieces. Ryan O'Reilly is one of the big pieces. He, they're already gone. Tarasenko is one of the big pieces. He's already gone. So it, it, it could happen tomorrow morning. You just, that's it. You just don't know what, what general manager is going to get up and go, I need to make this move today. I have to do it now because I don't want team B to get that player. So you don't know. I, I, Oh, it's going to be just a stressful week for all of those guys and for potentially us. Cause we probably have to do a show. Did you guys see one of the trade conditions in that deal? By the way, the team, which Meyer one deal for one 
want the first round pick. New Jersey felt the need. Arpin Basu tweeted about this. New Jersey felt the need to make it top two protected, just in case the Devils finish in the top two. <laughs> okay, sure, we'll make that concession for you. No problem. Like what? That was just weird. Yeah, that, weird... that trade. Uh, Petey and I spent an hour reading the cap. Yeah, friendly. we had to go. We had to go through. The, watch, look at the tree. We had a hockey DB guys. There's 14 pieces in that trade. There's a lot going on there. Unreal. Yeah, but it's nice to see. Like you guys said, it's nice to see some of them shaking free now. We're seeing some action here, and it's sort of when you see some of these deals go down, you're like. Okay, that team's out of the mix. That team's out of yes. the mix. So it sort of narrows the scope of the teams that you know they might be dealing with. You know, Pittsburgh hasn't made a move in the East yet, so you wonder if they're going to do something. Like, is anybody going to make a move in the West? Nobody's doing anything in the West. I think the the uh, Jeff Merrick was calling the East the East Octagon right now. It's going to be an insane playoff. Yeah, with those eight teams so competitive. But a lot of those teams have made moves now with Boston making a move. The Rangers, Rangers. are probably, probably going to get Kane. Patrick Kane now, it sounds like, too. Toronto's made a move. New Jersey just made this move. So you've got at least half the teams in the East stocking up now for the playoff run. It does take some teams out of the mix, and it narrows the field of possibilities. Unless, of course, we have a deal like Jacob Chicken going to Columbus, which would be, you know, right back to where we were at the draft floor last year. Just bizarre if it happens. But I'm also waiting to see what Sean DePaz's Buffalo Sabres do. Yeah, <laughs> we talked it's about It's funny. That we today. talked about that Because I say they're, they're a team. They are a wagon. And I'm not kidding. This team has the offensive ability. That Buffalo Sabres team is fun to watch. But you talk about all the things going on in the Eastern Conference right now. I think Tampa still has to make a move. I think Carolina has to make a move. I don't think Buffalo is going to make a move. And I, if I'm the Buffalo Sabres management on a team that we're they're just not quite there like their assets why would they give their assets away they're the youngest team in the league so just whoa make the playoffs great get the experience but don't don't trade away your future assets so that's what i hope that's a fair point i i still wonder about you mentioned carolina and, and elliot freeman of course reported that they could be in on nick schmaltz they could be in on a number of coyotes i still wonder about the Pittsburgh pens Ooh, say that again Penguins. Pittsburgh penguins yeah thank you for uh, Jacob Chikrin, Jacob Chikrin. I, wonder, I still I wonder if LA will come back in the mix. What is Edmonton doing? They're they have a tough cap situation. I get that, but you've also got Connor McDavid like tapping on the door, saying, "Hey, are we ever going to be a cup contender here? Because it's been a long time that I've been the best player in the league, and we haven't done anything." So you've got that pressure hanging over your head too. Yeah, and I we got to get two into the weeds in the trades. So we'll talk about later in the week. East is moving. West hasn't. I think that's a big part of why you're seeing this happen. Just going to take a team in the in the West to get the ball rolling out West, and then it's going to be chaos. Yeah, just yeah, the dominoes yeah. need to start yeah. falling in the West. We and we'll talk about it yeah. all week long. We're gonna we're, right now. We're planning to be live twice on Friday, once for the post game show, once after the trade deadline. Of course, that is barring any major Coyotes trades, which we will have an emergency podcast for. Um, some a major move like Schmalz, like Chikrin. So stay tuned for this week, but we'll obviously be right on top of that um, that news because it's it's going to be happening. Craig, a couple other things before we let you go. The first thing is it was interesting that Nashville played here tonight because there was kind of a big headline in Nashville, um, which is that their president and GM, David Poyle, that's how you say his name, right? Yep. Um, yes. It, it, he's the president and the GM. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just I listen. It's been a long weekend for me. Um, he is going to be retiring from his role. And even more interestingly, Barry Tross is going to be stepping in to the GM role. This takes place this summer. So kind of two surprising moves. One would be Poil stepping away. But, you know, fair enough. He's been there a long, long time. But the other is Barry Tross stepping into a management role when he's never been in that position before. Thoughts? Yeah, David Poil. David Poyle told the Tennessean today that this has been in the works for a couple seasons. He knew it was coming. And then when you look at what's happening with the Predators, they might be stripping it down. And does he have the does he have the chops to go through that again? Maybe not. Um, it is interesting. Well, he's he's going to stay in a consulting role. We we know what that means. It's Barry Trotz, pick up the phone, call me whenever you need me, stuff like that. I don't know how much he's going to be around. Barry Trotz, as you mentioned, Leah, has never been in this role, but he made a name for himself with David Poyle in Nashville. So it's kind of cool to see that coming for a full circle. You, you never wanted 
Barry Trotz to leave Nashville. He, he just felt like he was synonymous with that franchise. And I, I, when I look at it big picture, really from a Coyotes perspective, and you consider what they did as an expansion franchise, yeah, it took, a, I think, five years for them to get up and running where they were a playoff team. But they're a really good model for what uh, a, tradition, a non-traditional market should look like. They made the playoffs 15 of the last 18 seasons. They haven't won a cup, of course. I still wonder what happens that one season against Pittsburgh in the cup final if Ryan Johansson, their number one center, is healthy and playing. But they've been a pretty good model of consistency and playoff performances. The Nashville Predators are a really cool story, and these two guys are a very, very big reason for that. Yeah, I mean, you might say that that Trotz doesn't have experience as a GM, but he's got experience in the National Hockey League. And you've Craig's talked to a lot of GMs in this league. And being a GM, yeah, you have to be able to work the deals and the money and all that. But a lot of that is just being able to communicate with other teams' GMs through relationships and friendships. Barry Trotz can do that. He can pick up the phone and talk to any general manager on the league. So I think that's – not that he's – there's a lot more to the job than that, but he checks a lot of the boxes and – to Craig's point again, Poyle's going to be there anytime he needs any help. So I think the transition is going to be easy. Trotz wanted to do this. That's why he didn't take one of these coaching jobs that you saw over the summer. He's been always eyeing management, and I think this was kind of in the back pocket for a while now. Yeah. Very interesting, though. Very interesting. Um, one more question and note for you, Craig, and then I'll let you have the final word. You attended a Yes campaign event on Thursday. That was already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Time, time has flown for me. As I mentioned, no. I moved this weekend. I don't even know what has happened in the last few days. But, Craig, you did attend a Yes event on Thursday. What can you tell us about it? Well, I, I ranted to you guys in a text message right after I left it because my big takeaway, there were, there were some people that were against it that had obviously been influenced by the No campaign. And I told several Coyotes officials, your biggest challenge is, sorry, I used this term, Abject ignorance on the part of Tempe voters. Some of the things that I heard at that meeting were mind-blowing. They were just flat-out factually incorrect. And it, it was all over the map. Like I heard that the Coyotes uh, – you, you've heard this one a million times. The Coyotes got kicked out of Glendale for not paying their bills. That's not what happened. They got kicked out because they wouldn't sign a 15- to 20-year lease agreement, which Kevin Phelps, the city manager, literally said on the record to me in the story. That's why they got kicked out. They used – the financial issues later as you know good pr for them but he literally told me on the record that's why the relationship fell apart i heard that the 30-year promise from uh gary bettman about no real or no relocation is doesn't mean anything because the coyotes left glendale um after they signed an agreement with glendale and i was and i'm sitting next to a couple and i was like you know that glendale tore up that agreement after two years right the arena lease agreement that they had no they didn't yeah, yeah, it's this is not this is not open for debate. It's a matter of factual record. Okay, I can show you the story, but that's the level of misinformation yeah. that's out there. And then beyond that, people are doubling down on that misinformation as if it is fact. Where have we heard this before? It's all over the place. The Coyotes need to combat that. It is on them to educate people, and to do that. It can't just be done by showing videos in this arena or talking to hockey fans. They've already got those votes. They need to pound the pavement, talk to people day to day, Tempe voters who don't give a shit about hockey, don't come to this arena. They need to reach those people and educate them and then let them decide, but at least let them decide with the facts. That was my major takeaway from that crazy meeting. Yeah, and we went to the game. And we see that ads, they run the 301, yeah. 302, 303 ads two or three times during the day. And I'm like, what are you, like the 5,000 people that are here, of them, maybe 500 live in Tempe. Of them, you got them. I agree, Craig. <laughs> you, you, well, like, you need to get the information to other people. And I don't know what you do because everything you just said, you can prove is factually not true. <laughs> but you can prove that Glendale said, no, we tore up the lease because of conflict of interest over attorneys and they threw out the lease. It's there. It's real. It's in paper. It's in writing. So I don't know how you get that information. I don't know how you change people's minds, but if uh, it's a good deal and if all the post former mayors of Tempe say it's a great deal, the current city council says it's a great deal, anybody that understands the deal completely and has actually read the deal, it's a great deal for Tempe. So I hopefully, to your point, they get some information and they find out the facts. 
and then make your decision. You can still vote against it. I'm okay yeah. as long as you know what you want to vote. It. Well, it might bring traffic to my house. I live a block from there. It's going to be a mess. Great. Vote no. As long as you're informed. But don't do it on the, the crap that's just not true. They got kicked out. It's not true. Okay. Yeah. I'm done. There, there was some crazy stuff at that meeting. Like the, there was someone standing behind Javier Gutierrez while he was giving the presentation, screaming, Well, what about the homeless? What about the homeless? I wanted Javier to turn around and say, What about the homeless? What's what? What do you what do you mean? What is your resolution? What what do you what does this have to do with this deal? And what would you like to see? It's like it just just random stuff getting thrown out. It it was a crazy meeting. What guys. about the Some homeless? Look, are, are they? Is there is there an alternative plan that's going to house the homeless on that garbage dump if this does not get approved? No, no that's the other point. Ridiculous. It's, it's just sitting there unused. What do you expect is what going to happen? What about gas prices? Like what about the it's balloons? Like it's got nothing to do with it's Tempe Arena for Christ's sake. You're not going to pay taxes like, for it. Put up the bam building. Sorry. Affordable housing on the most expensive real estate in the city, yes. either. Okay, let's just be realistic. Let's not be children in in analyzing this. That's not going to happen. First of all, as we've heard, the cost of building those units would be astronomical. Maybe you should build them in a different part of the city where the cost wouldn't be as great, so you can build more units. Things like that, but the level of misinformation is astounding. And I am sorry, but I have heard Tempe council members, and I know they need to say it, say Tempe voters are really informed on the issues. That wasn't my takeaway after this meeting, guys. So the Coyotes better do something about it. Yep. Okay. Wow. Well, thanks for the update, Craig. And I know, listen, Craig's been, he's doing the reporting. Like yes. when he says, he has the facts to prove it. It's because he's found out the facts. <laughs> right. It's Craig. He's doing so you that, don't so. have to, by the way. And yeah. I surely aren't. I'm not going to put in the work. I'll let Craig do it. And I'll just read what <laughs> Craig says because I, I trust his reporting. Yeah. But thanks, Craig. Thank you for that, Craig. Any final thoughts on any topic before you go? I'm just. I, here's here's the thing to watch tomorrow. Everybody wants to watch the Anaheim Chicago game tomorrow. And <sighs> if. You ready? If, it, if it's a three-point game, there's a chance the Coyotes could be one point off the second-worst record after what? tomorrow. That's crazy, isn't it? I, I, I know. I was on this show not too long ago saying it's done. They can't catch them. And I was looking at probabilities, and I actually talked to a couple people about what the probability is that these three teams below them would all get hot at the same time. And the odds were just ridiculous. They were not going – it was not going to happen. And here we are. If Columbus hadn't blown a two-goal third period – the Coyotes would be four points away from literally the worst record in the league, but it's five right now. But anyway, they could be that close to second, and that's crazy to me how quickly things have changed. Craig, Columbus Blue Jackets has points in four out of five, five out of seven. Chicago Blackhawks have won five straight hockey games. Anaheim, who I say is absolutely miserable, they've got points in three out of four and won two straight. And yeah, it's why they're like negative 800 goal difference. What? Wait, like, are you kidding me? And the Coyotes. So I, I know Coyotes fans, and you said, oh, it's too bad we lost. Actually, you know what? For all the wins you got last month and you go, oh, this is ridiculous, you still have a chance to finish really, really, really bad in the standings, even though you got points in nine straight. So, yeah, Anaheim, Chicago, everybody root for a three-point game, hopefully three points with an Anaheim win. That's what I'm yes. going with because I still think Chicago is going to win some games because they win without Kane anyway. So... I think they'll win games. So they're right back absolutely in the thick of this thing. That game against Chicago, the next game against Chicago. Huge. 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 It's a huge game. It's crazy. It's crazy how things unfolded um, over the last couple of days here. But Craig, thank you. Great insight as always. We will talk to you again soon and everybody uh, follow along Craig's reporting and the trade deadline and the Tempe stuff. All of it because he's dialed in. All right, guys. I will see you next time. See ya. Bye, Craig. Bye. Um, great stuff from Craig. He he uh. really does it. Boots on the ground. Does it all. Um, and that's why it's so worth it to become a diehard because you get access to Craig's diehard stories, including I, he's working on his mailbag. Mm-hmm. Not as I speak because obviously he's at Mullet Arena, but he was working on it today. Um, and I'm sure it'll be out, I'm guessing, tomorrow. But I don't. Don't. 
Don't I don't want to get in trouble if that's not the truth, but the, that is an example of a diehard only piece. So you'll want to become a diehard at gophnx.com so you can get 20% off on merchandise, 20% off events, access to those stories, access to the diehard discord um, where we have a lot of fun. There's a new thing in there because did you? there was a whole thing where the kaijus would start losing and everyone would send a tank gif. Yes. And then the kaijus would start back wagon. and win. And so then it, it went to wagon. And yep. the wagon is a perfect curse. It has become a perfect, perfect curse. curse. So when the coyotes score, everyone sends the wagon and then... Boom. So the Discord is right on the money. Yep. I got it. the say. wagon. So like I said, lots of perks to becoming a diehard. Join the family today um, and get your phnx merch at phnxlocker.com including the slim valley reaper shirt hopefully we see kd in a sun's uniform yeah, this week soon any right? day now any day we're now hoping. um also any day now i'm gonna make my return to illegal pete's sean and i were talking about that today we might stop by there on tuesday, tuesday pregame uh yeah a little pregame action at illegal pete's so if you want to come join us let us know um, illegal pete's on mill phenomenal food phenomenal drinks Nothing soothes the soul quite like fresh lines and tequila and agave. Try out Illegal Pete's Coin Premium or Frozen Margaritas. I always recommend the Prickly Pear Margarita. And stop by for Illegal Pete's Happy Hour, 3 to 6 p.m. every single day. So Illegal Pete's, we love it. I can't say enough about it. And you got to try it for yourself and let me know what you think because I have yet to hear one person say a bad thing. Love the case. That's all. That's all. Um, Yeah, Petey, this whole tank situation... It's unreal. It's unreal how these other teams and we, we were so freaked out. And I think because the Coyotes haven't played in days where, at least for me, I'm always so up to date on what the yeah. other teams are doing. And just with, you know, the days off from playing and with me moving and not paying attention, like all of a sudden you look at the standings tonight and it's like, oh, my God. And we know that gaps can get closed. We saw at one point the Coyotes were 11 points ahead of Chicago yep. and they closed that gap. So gaps can be closed. Just like the Coyotes, you know, won all those games and moved ahead. Who says Chicago can't? Who says Columbus can't? Yeah, yeah. you look at it now and they're two points ahead of Chicago, two. Uh, after Chicago wins five in a row against good teams, Anaheim has two. <sighs> it was nice to have a nine-point winning streak. And, and I know it was fun to watch this team win. There's 22 games left. It's okay to lose some of these okay. now. Stay competitive. You see players like Nick Schmaltz get a good goal. I have a power play goal. All those things great. But it's okay at this point of the season. The odds are just... It's so important for this to happen for this franchise. And I, and I, it just is. And if you heard it from GM Bill Armstrong, this is a rebuild and this is necessary right now. So we've rooted. We've won some games. We beat Toronto, Tampa, Vegas. Got all of those wins, some great wins this season. But from, from here on out, this team really needs to be competitive, have fun, and lose by a goal. Yep. So maybe a little bit better than tonight, but not so good that they're right. earning points. Exactly. Um, and PD, this last week with only two games, it felt like a breather for all of us. Yes. And if you look ahead at the schedule, it only gets tougher from here. And Coach Cherney was saying it in the intermission um, interview, or I don't know if it was pre-recorded or not, just about the crazy number of games they have coming up. We're looking at January yeah. 2.0 here. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the upcoming schedule after tonight's game. It's Chicago Tuesday. Obviously, we talked about the implications of that matchup, but then it's to Dallas from Arizona on Wednesday, back-to-back, then home again, then it's Friday at home, Sunday at home, Tuesday at home, Thursday at home, Saturday in Colorado. So we're back to the every other night including weekend back-to-backs. You can't even see that next line, and it's a Saturday-Sunday back-to-back. And then it's a Saturday-Sunday back-to-back the following weekend. So it's just a brutal, brutal, brutal schedule coming up. The only thing is they are home a lot more in yeah. March, um, which is you know better for them, better um, that they get to have that consistency and actually have a homestand, unlike the quote-unquote homestands they've had all season long. But it's just it's just an unforgiving schedule and i hope that everybody kind of got a, a breather this week with yeah the only thing the only thing different with this as you mentioned is they're not doing the travel and you're not in hotels and you're not in airplanes and you're not physically tired but they're playing so many games you're not gonna be able to practice so they're back to that routine where it's just gonna be game day off game day off so you're not gonna get the practice you're not gonna work on your power play you're not gonna get all those extra touches of the puck that you normally get in those times and this is going to be very very hard and they have some really good teams coming up 
Um, and there's some games, you, you looked at New Jersey's coming, St. Louis, I know they've gone through a little transition here, but St. Louis has had a little bump since they traded Tarasenko, so they're not an, an easy out. Colorado's got to start ramping up because they need to f- get their points and get playoff positioning too, so they're they're going to have their hands full over this next next little bit. And, and you know what, the, I hate to say it, but that's okay. Yep. It is. It is. But we're in it. We're in it together. Um, as we as we complete we're the season, I can't believe I, I can't believe it. Like it feels like it just started. I know. Well, no, it hasn't. <laughs> no, it didn't. This has been. But it hasn't like last year. Last year was last painful. year was hard. And last year we kept dragging and dragging and dragging. I think because they've been so much better this year and so much more entertaining. Yeah, that I think it's been. It's been much easier. Like, we haven't had pack therapy. We haven't had the wheel of wheel. The wheel of fantasy. It's literally collecting dust. People don't even know what the Wheel of Fantasy is. Very few people here, the real OGs, remember the Wheel of Fantasy. Yep. We haven't had the Wheel of Fantasy all year. It's crazy. Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I have a feeling we might need it. Yeah, I have a feeling Before the too. season is out. Uh, me too. Well, PD, final thoughts on this one. We forgot to go over your keys, so I think we should grade. Yeah, we just grade them. We'll just go quick. Because I like when we do how many yes. do they get. It usually tells. Need a kill. How'd that oh, go? Oh, not so, good. Eh. Two out of three? No, that's not good enough. McCalder? Mm, nowhere to be seen. Win the first period? Eh, no. Over three. And if you go good over for three on the keys, you're going to lose the game. Good for a loss. Great. Good for a loss. And that's how we grade the keys. Because if you get one and a half, it's good for overtime at least. Maybe a win. It's crazy. Over how three. Your keys are. Over three, you lose. Yep. It's a loss. But it, it is unfortunate. Wish it was a little bit of a better game tonight for the Coyotes. But I, I just have to go back to what Craig yeah. said about the mental aspect of this week with the trade deadline for players. I just can't even imagine. <laughs> with I, I, that was another aspect of this game that I didn't really think about tonight. We, you know, Chickren continues to be out for trade related reasons. Nashville had a guy out for trade. Never heard that before. Reasons. My life. There was a whole list. There's now a whole list of guys out. in the league out for trade related reasons. reasons. Coyotes are trendsetters. I, I that I, one. I literally don't know. But when you look at them facing off against Chicago, it's another team that's could be decimated. You're talking about Max Domi now is one of their leading scorers. Look at him being gone. Kane has already left the team and he's back in Chicago anticipating his move to New York. Um so it's another team that, that could get blown up just like just like Arizona. So we'll see. I I don't know. Chicago's playing really good right now, and the best player on the ice for them has been Max Domi. So if he's still here on Tuesday, look at that DraftKings anytime. Don't be afraid to take uh, Max Domi on that one. He's He's been really, really good, but I, I think it's the mentality in both of those rooms is we're losing, we're at the bottom, we're in the sweepstakes for Bedard. Who's leaving the room? Has to be the mentality in this. And you saw in that trade with New Jersey how many players were swapped. What if, what if it's a three- or four-player deal? And you're losing some of the heart of that room. This is going to be a very, very tough week for this franchise. Tough. Yep, absolutely. So like we said, we'll keep track of it as we go along. But it'll be interesting to see how the implications are from a, like, honestly, when we play our our daily fantasy in our pick'em game, like, okay, a player like Max Domi, for example, if he's here on Tuesday, do you take higher everything from Max Domi? everything. Against the Coyotes, yeah, Max Domi higher everything, yeah. higher shots, like all higher those points. guys, those guys who are kind yep. of in that mix, probably going to be moved. Maybe take the higher on Go all the of higher. Them in the Same with Schmaltz, because yeah. Schmaltz, I'd take higher in the pick. I would shots, take Schmaltz and Keller tonight. higher everything all the time. I did. Um, you know, save saves goalie saves higher, higher. usually for Coyotes goalies. So it, it's it's really interesting how you kind of have to think big picture when you're picking your higher lowers and your underdog pickums. Um, and then. Who knows? Daily fantasy, the fun thing is it doesn't matter where someone yep. goes. that You can still draft them to your daily team, and that's what makes it a lot of fun. Um, so just a lot of stuff you can do on the Underdog Fantasy app. You had a pick them going. I had a pick them going. It was going well, except oh. for one again. PD. One again. I know. I keep saying buy insurance, and I don't. I got four to five again. But you can. I don't want to buy insurance. You I can want big... get insurance. You and, can. And you still win money. You still, you still win, win a ton money. of money um, with insurance. Just a yep. little less than you would have won if you hit all your picks. But yep. better than not winning any. So check out Underdog Fantasy. It's super easy to get started. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with the code PHNX and Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. One more thing from me that I want to mention before we wrap okay. up. Congrats to Austin Krauss on his 400th career game today. Wow. Good what an that. achievement. It was it really? Yeah, so a couple milestones hmm. tonight. Good for him. Yeah. So yeah. congrats. And uh, happy birthday, Victor Soderstrom. 
Yeah, Here's happy my birthday to him. Uh... He had a couple of boo-boos on his face. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> yeah, he's got a couple of cuts on his I face. I heard the word boo-boo. In he a does. Very he got some cuts time. on his face. You know, Soderstrom, I think he's continuing to tape, take steps forward. I think that first goal shows an example of where you still have things to learn. Yeah. On that turnover in, in the first period. Um it's important that he's getting these games right now in the NHL. So that's great. Lawson Kraus still on that verge of 20. Like he, he Tyson Nash said on the broadcast today, he's going to get one and then he'll end up getting four and five. Cause he goes in streaks. He's been sitting on 19 for a while. He really does need that next one. And it's, it was too bad. He didn't get coming. his 20th. And his I, I thought it was good. He had yeah. chances around the net on the second power play unit, but it just couldn't get one to yeah. go in. Well, congrats to Lawson and happy birthday, Victor. Any final thoughts on this one? No, it's, it's you know, you, you thought they had the rest, and I'm really not surprised they didn't come out gangbusters because yeah. it, it is hard um, to just generate that energy. It's almost been better if they had a game a couple days ago. It's it's hard to get mm-hmm. back in that rhythm of game speed. I would expect them to be better on Tuesday. This team is better when they play fast, and their feet are moving, and I, I just don't think they did that tonight for the full 60 minutes. So I'd look for a better game on Tuesday. Yep, definitely. Um, well, before we head out, we have to look at the punch card as per tradition. And PD, we are inching real close to the end here, like you already mentioned. Um, the punch card voodoo magic is over, though, but that's okay because it was for a loss. And I guess that was what was needed tonight. So one step closer to the end, one step closer to the NHL trade or not the trade deadline, but we are. But one step closer to the draft lottery. Um, so very, very exciting stuff. Yeah, and what, so now what we're going to have to do is for the next, what is it, Sunday? It is Sunday. So it's Friday? Is yes. the So between now and then, we've got to get all of these apps on our phone, the trade ticker, trade, trade deadline trackers, because this stuff is just, it is starting to go faster now. Um, here's some fun little breaking news, if you will. So the Predators yeah, scratched Janelle for yeah, trade-related reasons, and he got traded tonight for Calfoot, a first in 2025, a second in 2024, third, fourth, and fifth in 2023. Syracuse crunch legend Calfoot. Wow. Good guy. Tampa Bay going in. See, we were just saying Tampa Bay hadn't made a move yet. And there it is. So there you have it. And the one thing I will say this. Breaking on our show. I will say this about Tampa Bay and the way they pick up players at the deadline. They fit roles. They don't get Ryan O'Reilly. They don't get Tarasenko. They get players like Janelle because they fit a role. Last year, they got Nick Paul and Hagman. They just get guys that fit. Crazy. It's crazy. Well, Nashville, hey, we the dominoes in the... Well, I guess it's still the East making the moves. So come on, West. Let's pick it up here. Um, lots to come this week, obviously, like we mentioned, with the trade deadline. So stay locked in on the PHN Exports YouTube channel. Hit the na- notification bell so you never miss when we go live because we might go off schedule and have an emergency live show depending on I what goes ha- down. Brennan Hagel. I'm sorry, I misspoke. I want to what did cr- you say? I don't think I said Hagel. I thought you did. Did I say but Hagel? I, maybe you didn't. I misspoke. That's okay. Um, but anywho, lots lots of stuff coming up this week. Um, you'll want to follow along on Twitter as well, especially Craig at Craig S. Morgan. But you can follow me and PD2 at SPTalki, at Leah Merrill, at Sean underscore to pause. And follow PHNX Sports across all social platforms on PHNX underscore Coyotes on Twitter. Anything that happens with the Coyotes this week. We'll, we'll have it for you. So stay locked in. You got what? Oh, Blaney has a nail. I said Hagman. JR on Dallas. Thanks, Blaney. I corrected like, As soon as I said it, I was wrong. <laughs> it's okay. You corrected yourself. Um, but everybody, thank, thank you so much for tuning in, for liking this video. Um, like it, whether you're live or watching after the fact, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts as well. We'll be back Tuesday for a post-game show after the Coyotes play the Blackhawks again, barring any major news. But until Tuesday, everybody, enjoy the rest of your Sunday night, and we'll see everybody soon.